everyone. My name is Ruth Shaver. I'm an OBGYN physician, philanthropist, and impact investor. I've been a member of TPW since 2015. It's my pleasure to introduce my dear friend, Patience. Hi, Ruth. It's fantastic to be in conversation with you. My name is Patience Ball, and this is my second time being in conversation with TPW members, um, and um, I'm looking forward to it. As a physician and healthcare executive throughout my career, I found that one of the best ways to solve complex problems was to engage women as the solution drivers. This can be true for their healthcare, when women are healthier, their families and their communities tend to be healthier, but it also was true when looking at much more complex financial decisions. When I started the Tara Health Foundation in 2014, it was with the intention of being 100% mission aligned across all asset classes and to have a gender focus across all of our investments. This meant that we used an integrated capital model to, to solve the problems using the, the right type of capital for that particular problem. We use public equity, private equity, loans, recoverable grants and grants. And in all cases, we use a gender analysis this means that we are looking to see that women are the solution drivers, that women are involved in the financial decision-making of the organizations, and that the products and services that organizations are producing take women's needs into account. One thing that we've discovered is that using a gender analysis across our whole portfolio results in improved financial performance. We've beaten the benchmarks in all asset classes every year that we've been in business. We believe that this increased performance is not in spite of a gender analysis, but in fact, because of our gender analysis. Patients, I know you've seen this to be true too. Absolutely. So let me just start with introducing myself as well, Ruth. Uh, I was born in Zimbabwe, educated in Europe, and then finally in the United States. Uh, after law school and business school, I went to work for the International Finance Corporation, the private sector arm of the World Bank, where I started my investment career which spanned uh, investing in infrastructure around the world in um, distressed assets and finally in financial institutions, um, both commercial uh, financial banks, but also uh, as, a v as an LP in venture capital and private equity. Um, my work uh, at the IFC allowed me to work at the intersection of economic capacity, strong financial returns and inclusive access. And this is what I've all uh, th th what I've done, continue to do with my career. And in 2008, I was actually sitting in financial markets, IFC's financial markets group, when Lehman Brothers fell. And Christine Lagarde said something that would change how I look at the world. She said, if Lehman Brothers had been Lehman sisters, things would have been different. I started interrogating what, was, what would have been different. And as we all know, um, relative to peers, companies that had gender diverse leadership, either at C-suite or on their boards, actually performed uh, or fared relatively better compared to, to peers during that period. It inspired me to build uh, the Banking on Women platform for IFC. Uh, and this is a business that has uh, grown on to be incredibly successful, partly because uh, the um, financing that we extended to women entrepreneurs around the world actually has lower uh, non-performing loans in it. Uh, so from that experience, I know that women women's portfolios actually perform better. Uh, at least their portfolios perform better. 
Later on, uh, I, I, after I retired, I took early retirement from the IFC in 2014 and started investing in gender diverse teams as an angel investor for my own account. And um, I found something to be frustrating when uh, we looked at the institutional investment universe, so asset, institutional asset owners, and looked at how they viewed women. It reminded me of what it, I'd seen in 2009 when the opportunity set was not, did not include looking at women as problem solvers, as solution drivers, but rather as beneficiaries. And so not enough capital would flow to them. Uh, this is how, why I ended up founding Women of the World Endowment in 2018, where we believe in centralizing the role of women as uh, um, actors and solution, solution builders and we uh, invest for risk-adjusted returns comparable to any other market strategy, and also use the income we generate to generate strategic capital, as well as uh, on-granted to entities that are really working hard to centralize the role of women as systemic uh, change makers. Um, so Ruth, um, I know that uh, you and I have been working together uh, or in partnership since 2019. Um, which I love. What would you say about our partnership? <laughs> well, it, it's been an amazing journey together since 2019. And I think in our previous careers, we realized that collaborative leadership produced increased health and wealth. And we were in very different spaces, but we saw the same pattern. We co-authored a book together in um, 2000. We wrote it last year and it'll be coming um, to the market this year. It's called The XX Edge unlocking higher returns and lower risk. And what we talk about is we show the evidence that across all asset classes, when women are included in financial decision-making, the, the returns are better. This isn't a question of male only versus female only, but male only decision-making versus gender diverse decision-making. We also go into an explanation of why this phenomenon would be so. And now that we've written the book, we're looking for opportunities to apply this approach across the markets more broadly. And we do think that this has a very interesting application to the themes that you're talking about at the summit today. Patience? So the theme of uh, justice and transformation um, is smack in the middle of our, uh, the thesis of our book, actually. Um, and uh, Ruth and I uh, have our backgrounds really um, from different places, but focusing on, on women as, uh, as change makers. But the context of the book is, is the same as the context of the conference, is that uh, the opportunity set, set does extend to all underrepresented and undercapitalized communities. And as you just said, Ruth, what we know is that when investors uh, do incorporate gender diverse teams into their um, into their uh, um, portfolios, um, we see better financial decision-making happening across the board. Investing is not a zero-sum game. There is incredible uh, opportunity to be found in being inclusive, uh, in including talent that is today underutilized, including specifically for you and me and what our book talks about, women uh, talent. And we know that when it is undercapitalized, uh, opportunities are being left on the table or upside is being left on the table. Uh, and so, as you said, book, our, as you said, Ruth, our book has quite a bit of uh, data that shows that um, across all kinds of 
uh, different asset classes that shows that um, there is better risk mitigation and there's better uh, performance when you have gender diverse teams. But you know, having said that, we also know that there is the challenges uh, and opportunities to be had. But maybe Ruth, you could speak a little bit about the challenges that we see. Well, the biggest challenge has been that gender focused investing has been seen as a niche where the um, intention is to improve the outcomes, the social outcomes for women and girls. And so that it's been a very effective way of improving the lives of huge communities around the world. But in fact, it's a different paradigm that we're trying to emphasize that instead of just thinking of women as the beneficiaries of gender analysis, women are actually best, best performing as actors and agents of the change. And that this is actually the, uh, an essential strategy for mainstream finance. This is not about a niche of um, gender-focused investing over there on the side, but actually the way all investing should be done. We do believe that this is the secret to unlocking higher returns and lower risk across all markets. Absolutely. And, and um, people will then say to us, Ruth, what did we discover in the data that would make us certain of, you know, to, to enough to write a book about it? I think that um, our analysis surfaced a number of things. We know that uh, women's leadership brings to the rooms, the decision-making rooms or capital allocation rooms, a number of traits. And some of those traits we talk about in our book, we know that women bring prioritize the long view, long-term results, and that matters. We also know that they're risk aware, not risk averse, which has been known to be said, but risk aware. And that allows for deeper interrogation of uh, uh, opportunity sets. Then finally, we also know that women uh, tend to be more collaborative. They work from a place of lower ego. And when you put these uh, traits together and they, are, they sit alongside other traits in, in decision-making rooms, you're likely to have better risk mitigation to your point, Ruth, and definitely over the long run, better performance. Um, so Ruth, you're both a philanthropist and an investor. And uh, what would you say to those who are listening to us right now um, about how you can put some of the things that we uh, surface in our book and what you have done at, at uh, Terra Health Foundation into, into implementation? Well, my advice is to think of it as a total portfolio strategy. So across all of your assets, if you use a, an approach like this with a gender analysis, where you're looking at women as sharing in financial decision-making, where you're looking at the products and services that the organizations you either give to or invest in are making sure that those products and services are benefiting women as the clients and customers. That if you can do that, you're going to see that you're going to make more money and you're going to be more effective at solving systemic problems. Think of it as the difference between giving fish and teaching people to fish. That traditional philanthropy has often enabled dependency Instead, we want to create the systems that allow people, not just women, but all people to solve problems for themselves. So if you can use this framework on all of your gift giving and investing, we know that you're going to see better returns. You're absolutely right, Ruth. Uh, and um, just to add to, to what you said, and we learned um, from your model uh, at Women of the World Endowment, we, uh, in our investment process, look at uh, 
um, we categorize it into three pillars, really. The first is we screen out for things that we would not want to consume, but that's just the first thing. The next bit of our interrogation in our due diligence process is to look at how any investment that we, we are considering would actually provide inclusive access and finally inclusive opportunity. If we can weight most of our portfolio towards inclusive opportunity, I think this is how you drive long-term resilient change. Because to your point, you're teaching people how to fish. Um, the other thing that we do uh, at Women of the World Endowment is to think about our impact at three levels. So first, just like you, we interrogate every single dollar that's being invested for risk-adjusted returns um, for mission alignment. How is it going to deliver inclusive access, inclusive opportunity? And then with the income generated, we leverage it to help us build strategic capital. And that strategic capital is what we use to influence others in the market, uh, including, of course, writing the book, which we hope will influence quite a number of people. And then finally, with the income that we generate, we also own granted to organizations that are doing the, the systems change work uh, of centralizing the role of women uh, in decision-making, because this is how, in our view, we think that long-term change, positive change for all communities will happen when women are centralized, not just as beneficiaries and victims, but as actors. Um, thank you very much, Ruth, uh, for, for this conversation. And I think we have to end with um, letting people know about our book and when the time is gonna come for them to, to access it. That's right. So thank you everyone for listening. We um, are very proud that the book will be uh, available in June, 2022. In the meantime, you can look for it on Amazon and um, buy it in advance. Pre-sales are great. And we hope that you enjoy the rest of the summit. So thank you for your attention and take care. Thank you.